Yo. What's good, man? Yo, you got an apron on? Dude. (laughs) You're cooking. I forgot. (laughs) When I say I'm cooking, I mean today I did. What time is it? Not 10 hours of prep work straight. Damn. And I'm not even I'm not even done. <laughs> Damn, you're not even done. So Ooh. what'd you so what'd you get done today? What'd you so, what'd you get started? So I'm trying to do here. Okay. Before I get into that, let's go into the whole menu. Because then it's gonna explain what I had to do today versus what I had to do tomorrow. Okay. Let me pull up the fucking menu because I forget half the shit I'm making. It's a ridiculously large menu. Okay, so here we go. Appetizers. I got caprese bites. Mm. Mm-hmm, with that balsamic glaze on it, Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy. I mm. uh, got stuffed mushrooms. Oof, that shit. It was fire last year. I made those last year. They were gone in like twenty minutes. The whole fucking tray. Just so I think that's a hit. <laughs> and then I got, like I said, this is all from scratch. Keep this in mind. I don't fuck around. So the stuffing, I just finished that, like prepping that. So I just pop that in the oven tomorrow. I got the mashed potatoes. Getting from scratch, but that's got to be a day of thing. You can't make your mashed potatoes ahead of time because it gets all starchy and gummy and it tastes like shit. No, no, no. That's got to be fresh out the fucking pot. So very that's true. tomorrow. Very true. I uh, got mac and cheese, also from Ooh. scratch. Yes, sir. Uh, so that's got to be tomorrow as well because, again, I don't. I only do that shit fresh. And then I got uh, green bean casserole. That's ready to get popped in the oven, so I prepped that today. Damn. I got the rolls. You know, I got the Hawaiian rolls. Gotta have the fucking Kings of Hawaiian. Oh, hell yeah, man. Gotta have it. You have to. It's a law. It's a law. <laughs> and then got the turkey, of course. Um, we're doing these uh this cocktail too. It's a it's a smoky harvest apple cider margarita. Oof. Yeah, your face said it all. Like that's confusing and intriguing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Little little tequila, some... little apple, little cider, yeah. Yeah. It's mm. gonna be with the full garnish too. You got like the cinnamon sticks. You light them on fire and shit with the rosemary. Like I'm going full Gordon Ramsay out here, dude. I see. Yes, sir. Master Chef Siege. That's right. And then the last, the thing I'm most excited about. Every year, I make a cheesecake. And this year, I was trying to kick ideas around. I'm like, I don't know what type I should make because it's always a hit. But I gotta up my game every year. So. I'm combining like three recipes, like a Frankenstein cheesecake. This shit mm. is a brown sugar vanilla bean cheesecake with a Biscoff cookie crust. It's my masterpiece. It's my masterpiece. So is that going to be made fresh or is oh, that? I literally just finished it before I jumped. That's why I needed the extra five minutes. I was putting on that brown sugar glaze. Oh. So I, I just finished it. So you serve it tomorrow. Bing, bada, boom. That's all it is. Yeah. So about half that menu was completed in advance. So I could just throw Because, you know, when you have the oven with the turkey, you don't want to, like, try to open it a bunch of times and, like, put in a bunch of different food with it. You want that turkey to shine on its own. Like, it's got to do all yeah. its cooking. So the last thing I wanted to do was, like, have to put other trays in there and take up some of the heat. And I, I didn't want all that shit. So I've been learning my lessons from the last few years. So I got, you know, some crock pots ready. So I can just kind of pop those babies in after the turkey, make them sit in the crock pot, whatever, so they stay warm and shit. But So half that was done today, and then the fresh shit for tomorrow, bright and early, I think 7.30, 8 a.m., I'll get up, pop that turkey in, and get the rest of the shit moving. So I told mm. you, man, that's, yes, so I have the apron, I see, I got the fucking stains on it, like, I don't care. This is who I am for the next two days. Like, I'm in my fucking zone. I've been, my back hurts like a motherfucker, but 
I'm telling you, this is like the happiest I am all year. It's this time. It's the best holiday season of the year. Oh, my God. I, I fucking can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait for all this fucking food. I mean, it's it's going to be, it's always a good time. But this is when I fucking shine. This is how I show my love to people. It's a yeah. shit ton of delicious food. As long as your mm. belly is happy, I'm happy. So mm. That's the quickest way to a person's heart. And other things, if you play your cards right. (laughs) Yeah, boy. How about you? You all ready for tomorrow? Uh, Yeah, man. Um, See, I'm not really... I cook, but I don't cook like that. Right. (laughs) I don't cater for other people, right? So all I really do is just, you know, get get the stomach ready and (laughs) go from there. Stretch out the guts. Yeah, I, I got the easy job. I don't have to wake up super early and pop that turkey in the oven or oh. get that green bean casserole ready that is going to be gone in 20 minutes. So it fucking fast. An hour or hours to make. <laughs> <laughs> A green bean casserole is so easy. Oh, my God. It's so easy. But, yes, it is gone very fucking fast. It's all gone fast. I don't care. It's I like it. I like having my leftovers, but if the food is gone quick, it means I did something right. So I'm good either way. Hey, facts, facts. Leftovers, hey, more for me. Fuck it. Right? But yes, you do have an easy job. Just fucking get up and just, where's my plate? Where's my second plate? Where's my third plate? Let's go. (laughs) Yes, sir. Maybe when I have my own family one day, maybe I'll be like you. But until then. I mean, it is what it is, man. You know, it's me. I just, I've always loved to cook. I learned from my mom. So it's, you know, she's as surprised as anybody else. She's like, I didn't ever really like teach you all this stuff. You kind of just watched you know every once in a while i'm like she's like where the hell did you get it from i go i have no idea i just that's where i find my little bit you know everybody's got their little joy that they find in little stupid things and for me it's a little niche yeah i just experimenting in the kitchen is so fucking fun and again when you get that compliment of like damn man this food is amazing like that's all the compliments i need for the year i'm good i've worked for that shit yeah i feel you man that's what's My back is on fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's all right. It's going to be good. It's going to be all worth it. Fucking can't wait. But cool, uh, speaking Thank of Thanksgiving, God. man, just uh, yeah. what are you? Let's talk about what we're thankful for. What are you thankful oh. for this year? Oh, man. Yeah. I am thankful for all the little things, man. Fucking family. First Hell and yeah. Um, my pops. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like reconnecting and everything yeah like that's amazing flipping our relationship around and um hell yeah you know actually bonding with him and talking to him for once or not for once but again (laughs) yeah again yeah a regular basis yeah absolutely on a regular basis because that's awesome our relationship's been you know rocky over the past few years yeah how many years i've been away but man that's first and foremost and then outside of that man thankful for this show thankful for sports man thankful to be alive man this is this is great to to be able to have air in your lungs and blood in your veins you know what i mean absolutely there's so many issues going on in the world whether they be social issues or health issues or whatever they may be and it's just every day that we get above ground it's just a blessing in itself and that's what i've learned over this past i don't know It'll be a year coming on on the 26th of this 28th chapter of my life. So, you know, just really <laughs> thankful for the little things, man. Thankful for little things. And that's really it. 
absolutely. That's all you need to be thankful for. Those are the biggest things in the world. And mm-hmm. I feel the same way about that shit. You know, he- you know, healthy family here to see another year. You know, you-, you know, we lose people all the time, and it's just like, damn, like you said, man, air in your lungs, blood in your fucking veins. And for me, you know, roof over my head, clothes on my back, food on the table. Like those are the three biggest fucking things I've ever wanted. So maintaining yeah. that and being able to and being able bodied and able to do and take care of my family's needs that's man i'll forever be thankful for that shit you know mm-hmm. uh yeah also thankful for this show and for you my bank bro like wouldn't be possible without you but you sitting here making the magic and you know we're almost a year strong you talk about another year around the sun for yourself we're almost at one year around the sun for this show so mm-hmm. damn y'all better stay tuned for that shit i'm telling you extravaganza coming up but yes sir this this show has been a blessing you know, I don't say blessing a lot just because yeah, I'm, I'm less spiritual than most, but it's a blessing. It's been it's been wonderful and so much fucking fun. And I'm sure my wife is happy that I have the show because I don't have to bother her with sports news she never asked for. So I get an outlet. <laughs> I get a creativity outlet. I get a sports outlet all in one. And just, you know, I, I talked about hating the summer and needing a routine and how much my life needs that kind of structure. And it's like, hey. This is a part of that routine is doing this fucking show every week. So Absolutely. it's nice. It's nice having that benchmark every week and just kind of go, okay, Wednesday, we got to record. Let's get it done. Let's, let's do it. Let's have some fun. And it kind of breaks up that week for me. It could be a little mundane during the week. So yeah, definitely fucking thankful for the bank bro show. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you know, like I said, just great friends, old and new made quite a few new ones this year. And they've been amazing people and hanging out with them and getting to do new shit. So yeah, always thankful for that kind of stuff, and um, I would say my job too. I, you know, I've been doing this new job a little over a year now, and it's a solid job, if not the most exciting thing. And no, it's not in banking anymore, but it's something where I go, you know what? Like I've been chasing. I kind of introspective moment moment about this. Like I've been chasing for a long time, like my ideal job, a dream job, a happy job. So you know, whatever you want to call that, not knowing mm-hmm. what the hell that was. And, you know, being in banking for so long saying like, okay, well, there's good money, but, you know, I hate doing sales and all this shit. And, you know, even being the boss of a bank at some point was like, God, I'm stressed about other things now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this job that I have now is a step down from leadership, but it's like schedule wise, it has allowed me to do so much more of my family. I can work from home when I need to, which makes my schedule very flexible. And, you know, Rach works at a restaurant, so it's like it's hard for her to come home when she needs to or leave work early if she needs to or you know it's it's tough she's the boss and her her schedule's a little more rigid than mine whereas i don't miss a, a soccer game i don't miss a parent teacher conference i don't miss shit with this job so like mm. the work life balance i i looking back i kind of look at it now and say damn the work life balance is what i really need it as much as i want more money pay right. me pay yeah. me my fucking money oh but, yeah at the end of the day, if I ain't got the money, at least I have the time. And I can't put a price on that shit. You can't buy that, yeah. Absolutely not. So I'm pretty thankful for that avenue opening up to me and making me realize like there's more than just trying to find your best job or your happiest job or your most fun job. It's just the job you need for what you need right now. So absolutely thankful for that. And lastly, yes, very thankful for football, real and fantasy keeping me sane through these crazy-ass holidays that are about to really <laughs> ramp up now because as soon... I tell the kids, the rule of my house, and everybody knows it is, and I talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago, 
until I have my piece of cheesecake, that brown sugar vanilla bean cheesecake with a Biscoff cookie crust, until I have that slice, it is still <laughs> Thanksgiving time. So I know the second I finish, this house is going to go insane with red and green everywhere, jingle bells up my ass. So football is there for me through all of this bullshit that I'm about to go through for the rest of this year. So thank you, football, for being there and giving me an outlet for my rage that's going to slowly bubble in the next few weeks. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, NFL. <laughs> Play the music now. <laughs> Playing it now. <laughs> One, two, Oh, man. Welcome to the Bank Bro Show. You know what it is. You click play, and we're thankful for you, the people listening to this and watching us on YouTube at Bank Bro Show. So wherever you're catching this content, we are very thankful for you. Thank you so much. We love you very much. Uh, Like he said, you know who the host star of this show. My name is Siege, the master chef. That guy is Ryan, the master baiter. So Woo-hoo. we both have our specialties. <laughs> we both have our specialties, see? Yeah, sir. <laughs> Mine is with that right wrist, you feel me? <laughs> you know, you do it with the other hand. It feels oh. kind of weird. You ever tried it? That's called the stranger. Everybody's tried the stranger, <laughs> dude. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's quite thrilling, but it's, it's not the same. As long as you don't understand and realize exactly what you're doing, in the moment, you're fine. Yeah. But if you're like sitting yeah. thinking about it, then you're like, oh, what the sad. fuck? What am this I is... doing? I, I need to go touch grass. I need to go outside. You immediately <laughs> just go gummy. Just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yes. you get some, let me get my life together thoughts in your head. And then you go and get your life together. See? It's a whole avenue. You either go all the way with it or you change your life completely. It's it's, it's a good thing either way. It's a great thing. Beautiful thing either way. It's a great win things win. come out of it. Great things come out of it no matter what. <laughs> Did you mean to say it like that? Because wow. I meant to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little too dirty already on Turkey Day, sir. It's the eve before Thanksgiving. By the time you listen to this, it will be Saturday. Hopefully your bellies are full of turkey and good joy and a fridge full of leftovers. Because let's be honest, the leftovers are the best fucking part. Hell. It's the best part. Mm, mm, mm. It's the best part. You put that Thanksgiving sandwich together. My God, it's Oof. that's my fucking favorite. Where's just a, a collection of just shit? All of it <laughs> between two slices of bread with some gravy and it's like, oh, oh. There are mm. fewer, there are fewer joys in life than a leftover Thanksgiving sandwich. If you've never tried it, you need to get your life together because that is a top tier sandwich, and it only comes around once a year. Once a year. Once a year. That, that's all it takes. But yes. This is the Bank Bro Show. We are back for more sports news. A little introspective that we'll get into a little bit later about a couple of players we want to talk about in particular. But mostly we'll stick with the NFL and a little NBA and get you on your way and get me back in the kitchen because I still got to prep the fucking turkey tonight before mm. tomorrow morning. So, yeah. So it's going to be a long night, but boy, I'm signing up for it. This is my life. This is what I do. Speaking Ooh. of lives. Speaking of lives. And speaking of another aspect of my life, everyone knows I'm a Chicago Bears fan. So the Chicago Bears did play this past Sunday. And we can talk about that game because they played this guy's 
wildly successful Detroit Lions. And by all rights and purposes, going into this game, I knew we were done for. I knew we were done, though. We are, the Bears were at the time a three and seven team. The Lions are on top of the world, kicking everyone's ass. It doesn't matter they got two losses, whatever. They're still one of the best teams in the fucking league right now. So I'm like, okay, it's in Detroit, too. And I'm like, this is a done deal. Fuck it. Lions have won 15 of their last 19 games going back to last season. So they're on a fucking hot streak to say the very least. And the Bears, meanwhile, were looking for just their first back-to-back win in two years. So, <laughs> you know, two wild ends of the spectrum in the NFC North here. So not a lot of high hopes in this fucking game. Bears did just win the week prior in the toilet bowl game everybody's talking about against Carolina Panthers. Thank God we won that game because I need the Panthers to be the shittiest team in football so we get their number one pick and change the fortunes of my team fucking hopefully. We'll see because they're probably going to fuck this up too. But the big news about it was, hey, after over a month of being sidelined with a thumb injury, it was the return of my boy, Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. We went through this whole cold-ass October as Bears fans fighting amongst ourselves, trying to eat each other with this big, is Fields the guy? Is Tyson Bajit better because he's the backup, but he throws a little bit faster? I went through every fucking chat room and message board for Chicago Bears fans, and it's the same fucking story every single time before the month went through. And I'm like, you guys are fucking stupid. Why do you think that Tyson Bajit, Agent Bajit, was going to be better than Justin Fields. That was just desperation talking. That was just frustration bubbling over. So we're just saying wild and crazy shit. That makes no logical sense. Bajit, he had his time. He, I think he won a, a game. He had a couple of good performances. That was about it. It was nothing to write home about. The point is, Fields has always been the better quarterback. So going into this game, I was like, okay, first back from injury. Let's see what they can do. This game was interesting as fuck, which I did not expect. I don't think anybody expected that, to be quite honest. No. And <laughs> I mean, and I'll let you do your analysis too, but here's what I saw. You know, you know, Bears got the, the ball first, you know, Lions won the toss and deferred. Fields looked loose immediately. He starts mm-hmm. running all the fuck over the place. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so he's playing angry. All rights, Fields knew he had seven games that he's playing for either his extended contract with the Bears, and he's showing he's the guy, or he's auditioning for another team. He knows his future is something in dire straits right now. So he had something to prove. And opening drive, we score. Interesting. Bears don't normally do that shit, but hey, I'll take it. I wasn't going to get ahead of myself, though. I didn't message anybody during this game. I was going through half of it. I had to kind of catch the replay. So I was like, I don't want to hear any news. I know it's going to be a fucking bloodbath. But an opening drive, you know, touchdown was great. Great start. Here's the part I was not expecting. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking Detroit Lions had some aneurysm during this game. Namely, Jared Goff. The old Detroit Lions. The old, lowercase (laughs) d, Detroit Lions. I was like, wait, what? So, yeah, right after the Bears score, Goff comes out and throws a pick. Huh? A pick. To rookie Tyreek Stevenson, who's, okay, I'm liking what he can do, but he's not great yet. But he gets, he looks for Laporta, and, and Stevenson beats him there, gets a pick. Okay, it happens, cool. They kind of hold Bears back. Second drive, Goff throws another fucking pick. Like, 
What? To TJ Edwards. So Garvin's throwing yeah. back-to-back picks, and you can tell already he's fucking pissed. He's so mad. I haven't seen Goff that rattled in a long – it's been at least two or three years. Like, yeah. he was melting down. And I'm like, I don't even think it's half his fault, but damn, this is a bad, bad start for the Lions. The worst start I've seen for them for a, in a long time. So, unfortunately for the Lions, right after that, Tyler Scott, our rookie receiver, who I did mention I was going to be a big fan of because I liked his game take coming out of college. Oh, boy, he fumbles the ball. Gives it right back to Detroit. So, kind of a wasted opportunity there. Okay, but it's still early. He's a rookie. Get over it. Goff comes back. It's a, a you know late first half touchdown. Gets him the lead. Cool. And needless to say, Amon Ross St. Brown is still just a fucking monster. I am terrified. I both love and am terrified of that man because he's like the nicest dude, but he will fuck you up in open space. And man, this was business as usual for Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think is just still somehow getting better every week. It makes no logical sense. Give him another one or two years. He's probably going to be a top three receiver, if not the number one. Like, he's that good. He's blossoming. That's nuts. So, second half happens. Chicago, you know, we come out, get a field goal, kind of kept it close. I know, you know, defense for Lions was, yeah, they're fucking up a lot. Plenty of flags, a lot of just mental mistakes, keeping the Bears in the game, which you just don't want to do if we had any competent coach, but I'll get there in a second. And then, you know, we come back with a touchdown. DJ Moore gets a, gets a touchdown for us. And then Goff throws a third pick, a third pick, and gives Chicago amazing positioning. Like, what the fuck? And it looked like everything was going swimmingly for the Bears. And I go, this is going to be like the signature win for the Chicago Bears under the Matt Eberflus era. Like, finally. And here's side note. How bonkers is it that beating the Lions – it's considered like a massive upset right now for any team. For any team. Any team. That How bizarre is, is that? I don't remember the last time we've said that as a people. I don't think we ever have. Like <laughs> it's a it's considered like a massive fucking win. So I'm like, damn, the Bears are finally gonna fucking do it. And Fields is running more t- you know, getting third and longs and running them and for himself and making us get some first downs. Man, I almost forgot this is the Chicago Bears. And somehow all the things, as we do, that were successful in that fourth quarter, all of a sudden, whoop, Cinderella's carousel turns back into that pumpkin, and Eberflus and Getsy decide to go super fucking conservative and <laughs> just start trying to milk the clock for dear life, running the ball 15 fucking times, and literally taking the ball out of Fields' hands again. Again. And what do you know happened? Hmm. Hmm. He almost had a game winner. I'll give him that. He overthrew slightly, slightly overthrew Tyler Scott on that, on third, long, down. On that third down. Yeah. And Tyler Scott, I feel like he kind of bailed on that route a little bit. And the block was hot, though. The uh, block the, was hot. The, the heat was on fields. He, he just had to get rid of it. Yeah. But if you look at that replay, like, Scott had a chance at that. If, he did. He did. It wasn't a terrible throw. It no. just wasn't. It wasn't park. right in the bread basket. It wasn't yeah. right in that basket, but yeah, that could have been it. I mean, that was really about it. And then Goff ended up putting up his big boy pants on and throws two fourth quarter touchdowns. Fields coughs up a safety, and the Lions come back to win the fucking game. More, more so, the Bears just fucking blew it again, a fucking again. I will give 
the Lions a shit ton of credit. They had four fucking turnovers. Goff looked the worst I've seen him since he joined this team, if not a top three performance of terribleness for yep. Jared Goff. And they still overcame it and won the game. That takes cojones. That takes yeah. some real balls. I got number respect for it. That's just a fucking solid win. And the Lions are eight and two for the first time since 1962. Since, Bananas. Since we had segregated restaurants. Exactly. <laughs> the, let that fucking sink in. 1962. 62. These your your humble host here wouldn't even be allowed to be giving you this content right now. Like we wouldn't be on anybody's TV or phones family, or computers. My family was still overseas. Right. I definitely wouldn't be married to a white woman. So, like, 1962. Go on, sir. How do you feel about that game, that win, and your prospects going from 8-2 and for the rest of the season here? Uh, Before I get into the Detroit Lions, I just want to shout out the Chicago Bears because, honestly, they played their asses off. They did. I don't know if they can play a – I mean, they could if they called their own plays, but they have two guys – at the helm, who don't know how to call plays. But th- this is probably the best you're going to get out of this team. I liked what um, I saw. Justin Fields made a lot of big-time throws. He made a lot of big-time plays with his feet, um, both to set up his arm or to run down the field because he was running all over the field. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields hit – there's one throw I want to point out. Um, it's the one where he climbs the pocket in the third quarter. Heat pressure coming around him. He climbs the pocket and slings it to DJ Moore on a beautiful. It would. It looked like a nine or a a skinny post. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but it just hit him right in the hands. That one to two. That one two connection. It's so uh, beautiful. It's so, so beautiful. beautiful. And like I've always said, I said this the entire season so far. Our secondary can get got. That's true. Our secondary is very overrated. I've said that on the show multiple, <laughs> he has multiple said that. times. Absolutely. And DJ Moore was torching our corners. <laughs> yeah, like, it was good. I, I want to give the Bears all the credit in the world. Appreciate that. As if I was on the team. <laughs> and this is and this is ultimately what I learned is that even at our worst, the Detroit Lions are still good for 31 points. Mm. At our worst. Wow. I don't know if we can play any worse than what we played <laughs> on Sunday. I haven't seen it. That was a meltdown. And for some reason, our offense was still unstoppable when you look at the numbers at the end yep. of the day. Uh, Gibbs, Montgomery, and St. Brown all had, all had over 90 yards and a touchdown. Unbelievable. So the three-headed monster of our offense got off. Pause. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like slip that in there. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> and like you mentioned, uh, Jared Goff and this offense and this team as a whole overcame four tur- turnovers. Four. Uh, how many times did Chicago turn the ball over? Just once? That fumble? I believe the once, yes. That was it. Wow. That's. my <laughs> God. Big shout out to our defense because that takes a lot of holding you to field goals, which we did. Yep. We held the Bears to a lot of field goals after turnovers, after punts. Um, we got the ball back, fumble recovery. Forced punt, man. Don't get me started on the field goals, dude. The field goals pissed me off so bad. Fucking Eberflus. It was like fourth and one on the Lions, like twenty-one. He kicks a field goal. Like brother, just go for it. The ball. Let's go. Even if you don't, even if you don't get it, right? Like 
You're on their side of the feet. Like, oh my God, is that playing not to lose bullshit that dooms this franchise in every game we do like this? Like, fucking try to kill them already. Win the game. Sorry, go on. That just, oh. No, I, I, I agree with you. You you were getting to my point because, um, mind you, that was uh with three minutes and 48 seconds left to go in the game. In the game. Right. And you guys are up 12 points, 26 right. to 14. Fucking kill them. There's no reason <laughs> why we should score damn near three times in three minutes Lord and come back me. and win this game. There's no reason why we should. Lord help me. This was a game we should have lost. And this was a game that the old Lions definitely would have lost. But we turned into the brand new Lions. Woke up. That's right. We woke up and remembered who the fuck we were in the final three minutes and 48 seconds of that game. Yes, sir. We went Jamison Williams for a 30-yard touchdown. We forced a punt. And then David Montgomery takes over the last drive of the game against his old team. The only way this story can possibly end. Because there's no other way this story would end. I'm not even mad about it. I'm not even mad about it. It's the man that walked away, or I don't know what happened. It seemed like he was pretty upset. Uh, on he his... wanted a modest increase, and we said, because the Bears are stingy as fuck. And they said, nah, That's what it was. you can test the market. He goes, okay, bye. And I'm not bad about it. He, David Montgomery is an underrated running back. I Dude. expected him to go crazy in this game anyway for the, for the revenge factor. And when I saw him start taking over the fourth quarter, I said, of course he is. This is what he's been waiting. He has been waiting for this fucking game. Yes. To show the Bears what they're missing. And he's absolutely right. There's We had no good reason to get rid of him. No. Other players, I've, I've had excuses for. Even Roquan and Khalil Mack, I was like, all right, they want like $200 million. Like, I get it. We can't really afford that. But you didn't Montgomery, want $200 million. <laughs> right, Well, of course not. But like, Montgomery, like, yeah. come on, man. He didn't want that kind of money. Like, oh. He's, he's what? He's 26 years old. Yeah. You give him a four-year deal, you have him until he's 30, and then... Like, what's the problem? We have a running back for the next four years. Like, we're good. Like, Yeah. Fucking stupid. Um, so, yeah, I'm anyway. happy for him. I'm very happy for him. Go on. Last point I want to make um, as to why we did come back and win this game. Mm. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, on the last drive, Jameer Gibbs had a a run all the way up to up until, like, the one or two-yard line. And he comes out the game, and he lets David Montgomery score that touchdown. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. There you go. And that's that's the reason why we won this game. It's because we were always together. That's true. No matter Real how teamwork. many times we turned that ball over, the defense picked up the offense. Defense picked hey. up the special teams. Offense eventually came up, picked it up, and scored. And when everybody, you know what I'm saying, played complimentary football, one pulled yes. the weight when one couldn't. And that's exactly how we won this game. And that's why I believe we're going to talk about it later, but the Lions are going to fucking destroy the Packers. <laughs> Well, I mean, we can get into that right now. You know, this it is Thanksgiving time, and of course, the best part about Thanksgiving is there's always football. Yes, yes, the NFL will be having their regular slate of three nice Thanksgiving games for you to enjoy tomorrow. And like this man just alluded to, first game on the slot, Green Bay comes to the to Detroit Lions territory and Oof. tries. To build some momentum from their big win over the Chargers uh, this past weekend. So, this man, of course, thinks he is going to see a slaughter after he slaughters some turkey. Or whatever the hell you guys eat. I don't know what your family <laughs> eats on Thanksgiving. Dog, but, cat. 
whatever's on wow. the Wow! Wow! <laughs> I meant like duck or ham or something because not everybody eats turkey. And this man went with the obvious racial joke. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Green Bay at Detroit. So you're saying Lions are taking this one handedly, huh? Yes. So the Lions started off as four and a half point favorites, and now we are six and a half point favorites. Nice. Um. So yeah, Lions dominate. I'm guessing it's thirty four to twenty. Mm. Uh, how like do that. we dominate? Uh, you see, last time we played Green Bay in Green Bay, when we dominated them, uh, uh-huh. the game started off pretty bad for us. Uh, we threw a pick, and it's crazy because every time something starts bad for us, it always ends up fantastic in the end you don't say (laughs) (laughs) so that works you know to start this game i uh, i expect us to start off a little slow we might even go three and out on our first possession Mm. um if there's a player prop for that i'm putting money on that three and out (laughs) lines will go three and out on their first possession that's probably Um, smart buddy (laughs) but i think over time uh once we get past the scripted 15 plays Jared Goff is really going to open up this offense and expose this secondary of Green Bay's. Mm. Our offensive line will hold up. Um, we obviously have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. I think people know that by now. Yep, it's pretty well known. Um, so I expect Goff to have a rather clean pocket. I know Rashawn Gary's on the other side. I do fear him. But I expect Goff to have a clean pocket, and yeah. I expect him to pick this secondary apart with our receivers. St. Brown killing them in the mid-range. Uh, you got Laporta in the flats. You got Jameer Gibbs in the flats. Um, and then now he's getting a consistent role, man. Jamison Williams. Yeah, we talked about we're, it. We're gonna start hitting them deep downfield, and it's gonna be over with. Yes, sir. Because there's very few people that can run with him. Uh, like he's on that Tyreek Hill level of speed, not yeah. him, speed. He's very fast, very fast. Um, and so I, I just think we're gonna overwhelm the Packers with our passing game. I mean, you know what our running game is. Oh, That's yeah. just going to complement our passing game. So, Lions dominate. Lions dominate. Uh, I, of course, agree with this, man. I do believe. You know, and Green Bay looked okay against the Chargers. Love did plenty to get them that win. Not taking anything away from that. But like you did mention, the Lions have been beating the shit out of the Packers the last few games. I don't expect things to change here. This is the 22nd matchup between these two teams on Thanksgiving, which is the most in the league history. So I did not know that. That's very interesting. Mm. Um, There's no fucking way that Green Bay comes to Detroit with the momentum that Detroit has and takes a win here. I'm sorry. I imagine Love will play a little bit better than last time, but I have this as 34-17 Detroit. Just Mm. another day at the office, get you a turkey leg, smoke it, season that shit, and eat that shit up because that's all that's going to be happening in Detroit is fucking festivities when mm. the Detroit Lions go 9-2, and two, which is breathtaking for that franchise. What a turnaround, and nine I'm excited and about it. on the horizon? Oh. As of, like, tomorrow afternoon. Like, by the time you get some cheesecake, the Lions might be 9-2. and two. Just wow. let that let that marinate for, for a second of y'all always at double digits. Like, oh, what? What? Okay. Whew. Get ahead of ourselves. But, yes, I have Detroit winning that one. Uh, Next up after that afternoon game is the always classic Washington Commanders. Even if their name changes throughout the years, it's still Washington always in the Thanksgiving game. Going against, of course, those Dallas Cowboys. Them boys, as people like to call them. And this is really a tale of two teams. One is descending and one is ascending. 
and that's really all there is to it. You know, Commanders, as much as they've had an amazing defense, you know, a lot of changes have happened to them. You know, we didn't get into a lot of their changes, but they lost two of their biggest key defensive pieces, and their pass defense is not great at all. Mm-hmm. So I do expect Dallas's receivers to go nuts. I think CD Lamb is going to have a big fucking game. And on the other side of that, Sam Howell has been running for his life. I think he is the most sacked quarterback in the league, if I'm not mistaken at this point. Probably because Fields has been hurt. But <laughs> it, might, it might be Burrow. It might be Burrow at this point, but Sam Howell is up there. Yeah. He gets hit a lot. So I expect him to be seeing ghosts out there with that Dallas fucking pass defense and just mm. it probably won't it's i don't think it's gonna be a blowout i feel like washington still does enough in these types of games to make it very competitive but i have dallas win this one i have it as 28 24 actually really yes but i have that as like a late commander surge dallas i feel is gonna is gonna dominate this for three quarters at least Mm. if not outright but i'm going with the closer game what do you i actually like the upset here yeah oh really i like the the commanders i would love it the world Oh, I would love it. Um, I think uh, Dallas, I don't know, Dallas minus eight. So Dallas is favored by eight points. I'm really feeling Washington, man. I think they're going to come in there. Um, and I don't know if they're going to get a statement win, but it's definitely going to be like a, oh, shit, upset win. Uh, I kind of feel how like they, they beat Dallas as a statement. How? But, you know, like, I don't, I don't really, I don't want to call it a statement win because it's like, are they really going to go anywhere this year? Oh, I see what Probably you mean. Not. I see what you mean. Yeah. I meant more of a statement Probably. of like, Dallas, cool your fucking Jets. Like, y'all ain't that big and bad. Because Dallas oh, has been no. dominating I... other teams. But yeah. they, they've been dominating shitty teams. So, like, that's the statement but... I feel of like, Cowboys need to come down a this, step. <laughs> this Dallas Cowboys team is still the same Dallas Cowboys team that lost to the Cardinals. Thank you. The fucking Cardinals. They're capable of things like that. They have potential yep. to do things like that. And sure. I'm predicting they do something like that tomorrow. <laughs> and Sam Howell comes in here and looks like Brett Favre. Oh. And Terry McLaurin just eats lunch. My guy. <laughs> um, Washington wins this 28-27. We have similar scores for both games. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, please sir. let the, Please let that happen. And I'm not even putting it, I, I was thinking about putting a shot bet on this, but I don't want to do a shot bet based off the Dallas Cowboys. Fuck all that. I was going to ask you to do it. No, 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 no. We could do it on the next one if you like to. And actually, the first one, too, even though we both have Detroit winning, if they lose, we'll take a shot. I'll take that. All right, bet. Come on. Yeah. But this fucking, you know, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do all three. I don't half ass anything. As you can all see right, from bet. my Come Thanksgiving on. menu, I, like I, like I don't half ass shit. I like but, it. But Dallas. If y'all lose this game, I'm going to be happy, but also I'm going to say fuck you because come on. Of course man. they'd lose it when you of, bet a shot on of it. Of course they would. <laughs> of course they If anything, me betting it probably just reversed their fortunes. <laughs> so just, they're going to lose. <laughs> they're going to fucking lose. Like Dak's going to catch like a flu or something and they're going to fucking lose. I don't even know. <laughs> That'd be crazy. But yeah, I would love the upset there. Fuck. Cowboys fans would lose their shit. Ooh. It would ruin their Thanksgiving. Oh. Completely. Which and, you is know, why there's a lot it. of Cowboys fans that live in Wisconsin. Plenty. There's one in our league. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mr. Sandusky's tight ends. He's a massive Cowboys fan, whether oh. he likes it or not. 
whether he likes it or not. Right. So I would love to see that failure happen. That'd be great. Uh, and then uh, we got the primetime game, which I am very intrigued by, with the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. That's a dynamite game to put yes. on primetime when your food's digesting in your bellies and that little bit of whiskey's kicked in and you start getting the warm and tinglies, you sink it to the couch, and you watch that last football game. That's a fucking great game to have on your TV. However, it's been marred a little bit. It's a little fucked up. It's a little marked up, little shortcomings at this point. No Kenneth Walker at this point. He might bounce back in play. I don't know, but it sounds like it's probably not going to happen. And no mm-hmm. Walker, no Likey. I don't like that shit. Not to mention, Geno Smith is also banged up, fucked his arm up. So yeah. it sounds like he probably has a better chance of playing this game either. But that's two major injuries for the Seattle Seahawks. That's already not good, but then you have someone as good as that Niners defense coming into Seattle, and I think it's going to be a rough night for Seattle. I think the game will be great because those two teams playing each other is always great, but that Niners defense is disgusting. I think Purdy does just enough to win, and again, your boy Christian McCaffrey going against a pretty bad Seattle run defense. I think they're fifth worst in the league right now. McCaffrey's probably going to eat everyone's fucking dessert at this point. So I have the Niners winning comfortably 35-21 for a nice Turkey Day finale, but it's going to be interesting. I think it mm. also stems on if those two players come back and end up playing, my money is on that they're not. What do you think? I like San Francisco to win this game. I don't think San Francisco covers the spread. Last time I checked the spread, uh, San Francisco was favored by four and a half points. Uh, Mm. I'm not sure what it is now, but four and a half, I think it's a little much to be uh, covering that in Seattle. I think Seattle keeps this game close. Um, How do they keep this game close? I actually like Zach Charbonnet. I think he's uh, very underrated. I think he's going to fill in and do just fine for Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Um, he's good. Really good backup. And I, I like the way they've been using Jackson Smith and Jigba. They're finally starting to throw to him down the field. Thank you! Oh finally! Oh, God. Only took him 10, 9 weeks. God! Bullshit like that. Um, and then DK Metcalf is coming into his own, too. He's finding a groove. Yeah. I know I know. Geno's banged up. Uh, that's mainly the only reason why I'm not picking them to win. Yeah. Uh, but I do think they keep it close. Uh, I think San Fran wins this game. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think San Fran wins. It's probably going to be like 23-21. I like that. I like that. Yeah, but uh, I expect it's going to be a banger too, though. Yes. It's going to be very fun to watch. Absolutely. All three of those games, honestly, no matter how you feel about Packers or Cowboys, which are two very challenging fan bases, but either way, on paper, all three of those games should be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And there's been some past Turkey Day games. They're just like, oh, thank God we don't have the Giants on TV because I can't. I can't with that shit because I've never been a Giants guy. And they put them on Turkey Day all fucking time. And I'm like, just can we not put the Giants on TV, please? So these games I'm all about. We'll see what happens. We'll do a shop after each one. At least two or three that we share the same results. But that middle game, Cowboys, I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) I swear you better get it together. And we could do a shot bet for the San Fran-Seattle game, too. Yeah, if, I think uh, we should. If Seattle covers the spread. Ooh. 
We don't really think, do the bets like the shots. Because like, uh, I think lines. I think San Fran's gonna win too. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think San Fran's gonna win by more than four points. Okay. I can spread bet. That's so San Fran can win by three, and I would technically win. That's right. You know that's what right. Mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, that's that's an interesting wrinkle. I definitely I like yes, that shit. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Just sir. Because we differ on that. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Part. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just like doing shots for games that we probably should be calling as easily as we think they should be going. But I know. Short it's a you know, short turnaround for a lot of these teams. So yeah. and, and you know, usually a Thursday game is kind of upside down anyway. So you think it's gonna go one way, but they play on Thursday and it goes completely different. So there's exactly. some some there's some fuckery at play in all three of these games. So Oh yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way around. But we'll see. You guys come back and make sure you find out the results of the shot bet. Yes. So, yeah, another thing that's happened in the last few days in the NFL, there's one Mr. Shaq Leonard, also known as Darius Leonard, for those of you who saw him when he was a rookie in 2018. He's a linebacker for the Colts. He was a second-round pick, defensive rookie of the year. So, great fucking player. He's a former three-time first-team All-Pro. So, Leonard's been a, a dog for the Colts for a hot minute. Now, in the last year or so, he's had a couple back surgeries. Mm-hmm. His skill set's been declining a bit. And in last week's game, he got benched. He was kind of told, like, hey, you know, his snaps have been going down. He's using he's been used more like just spot plays here and there, chunk plays that, you know, help things out. But it's been diminishing him. And then his defensive coach comes up and says, well, I believe it's Gus Bradley, comes up and says, hey, we're going to bench you. We're going to just say you're inactive for this game. Cool. Awesome. Two days later, and they let him go. The Colts released a three-time all-pro linebacker practically for nothing. So, lot to be said about that. And I know the NFL is a business, but that's pretty fucking crazy. What's so crazy is on top of that is because this guy is an amazing, just an amazing person. The day he got released, he was still at an Indianapolis church handing out Thanksgiving turkeys to like 200 people. Yeah. Like, the man is a humble amazing player who had some unfortunate injuries but can still fucking play he was still doing some snaps up until the last couple games like he still has something he can bring to a contending team is really what it comes down to so my question for you sir is a what do you think about this release and b where does he end up next what do i think about this release honestly this release made no sense to me um the crazy part about it is uh, Shaq Leonard wanted to be in Indianapolis coat no matter what. Yep. He didn't care if he got benched. He didn't care if he had a diminishing role. He wanted to be on this team. He wanted to be part of this community. As you saw him handing it out, you know what I'm saying? Turkeys, uh, yeah. Turkeys out at the church. He This season, he's had, what, 65 tackles, two TFLs. He's played 70% of the snaps. Those are pretty decent numbers. Right, with games, two back surgeries. Yeah, those are pretty decent numbers uh, for from a linebacker. I would expect him to end up in a place that's going to give him the opportunity to not only play but to compete for a championship because Oof. he's he's earned that. He's Absolutely. been what three time all first team All Pro, three times, three times, three times he was labeled the best player at his position. 
Right. Or to put it in perspective, one of the best 22 players in the NFL. There you go. He was named that three times. Yep. He's earned that right to go and play for a contender and go ring chase. He's only been there for five years, people. Only for five years. <laughs> this is why I believe he ends up with the Detroit Lions. Oh, God, here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I honestly, even knowing you, I still didn't think you say the Lions. Wow. It just makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> We have a weak spot in our defense at that linebacker position. Now, I'm not saying our linebackers suck, but what I'm saying is the linebackers, they their play doesn't amount to the level of play that our secondary and our defensive line have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he would definitely help us out as far as coverage and run stuff and goes because um our players, although they're athletic, they're not the best um they're not the best cover linebackers. They struggle in coverage. And it's true, as no, you saw in this last game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're going to contain Justin Fields for shit. Um, no. I know Shaq Leonard probably lost some athleticism, but I, I still assume he'll be better out there than, you know, Anzalone. Anzalone is not a bad player by any means, but I'm just no. saying. He, he would be better than Anzalone, so. There you go. And that's what the surgeries were trying to correct. He was losing power in his legs and his lower back and things, which for a linebacker, kind of important. Yeah. Kind of important. But yeah, like you said. Yeah. But like you said, the man was an all pro just two years ago out of his five year career. So, like, yeah, he can absolutely. Right. You can still get a lot out of him. Yeah. At the very worst, he plays uh, the first and second down of every defensive snap. And that's it. At the very worst. What's wrong with that? Right, like, let's go. I'll take that. And I'm not going to say the Bears, even though we could use a linebacker depth, but it won't be us. And I know Eberflus is there, and, you know, he knows Eberflus, whatever. No, he needs to go somewhere where he can compete. He needs, I think, a championship-ready team, or at least one trying to get one, is the best move for him. I will tell you who it better fucking not be. Because I'm going to... No, not that. If it's the goddamn Eagles, I swear to God, I'm going to break a fucking window. If Howie Rose, because you know, as yes, Eagles have some linebackers. There is a bit of a depth problem with the Eagles linebacker core, though. So, like. And you know, Jeffrey, his bitch ass. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Howie. If, if Howie Roseman pulls this shit off again, I swear, I want a full investigation for whose pictures of whose wives or girlfriends, or side pieces that Howie Roseman has. Because there's absolutely no way he can keep wheeling and dealing, even this late in the season. There's no fucking way. I'm, I'm, I swear to God, no. Like, literally trading away nothing. Like, literally nothing. Like, he's the GM of the decade already. Like, God damn waivers. it, dude. Just, oh, he just waits until he gets to our spot. Oh, okay, we'll take him. Done. Like, what the fuck? Here's who I think it's going to be, though. There's a team... That should be a Super Bowl contender, but for right now, it's seeming to struggle. And who definitely needs linebacker help, even though their defense is still very good. The linebacker depth, I could see why they would make this move. That is the Buffalo Bills. Mm, I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Bills are their fourth in scoring defense. But again, that depth, they lost Matt Milano, who actually is a pretty big depth piece for them. So. Yeah, having someone with Leonard Edmonds in the off season, so exactly that who yeah. we're he's doing okay for us, but not what I not what we're paying him for. That's for damn sure. But yes. again, kind of a big hole in that depth chart, even with those two missing. So having someone of Leonard's caliber 
you know, even the first and second downs. If he does the same role he did for, for Indianapolis, like, yeah. why not? I don't see why Buffalo wouldn't be picking up the phone right this fucking second. Not to mention, Buffalo's got huge games coming up against Philly, Dallas, and Kansas City. They are going to need all the defense they can fucking get. So, all mobile so, quarterbacks. There you go. So, you need defensive players who've been there, who have upside. I don't care about the two back surgeries. Letter can still fucking play. So, Buffalo needs to be calling somebody right away. Right away. <laughs> like today. Right now. Today. Like before your next game, bro. I swear to God, it's the Eagles, dude. I swear to God. If it's... It, like, I can't, I there's can't. no fucking way. There's no fucking way. They're, They're the already fucking like the... Avengers and shit. Like, what right! The fuck? Fucking Thanos with the fucking glove, dude. This is so stupid. Like, oh SEC my God. SEC players only and shit. Like, what right, the fuck? See? That bullshit again. Like... <laughs> I don't need you going on another fucking stress test like you did last during the draft. So, yeah, fuck, yeah. fuck that. That would be really fucking stupid. Yeah, who do they draft <laughs> with the first two picks? Two guys out of Georgia. Where's Georgia <laughs> in the SEC? What do you know? Last year, Jordan Davis, where's he from? Georgia. Oh, Nicobe Dean, where's he from? Georgia. Oh, like, no. <laughs> It can't be this easy for these cheaters, bro. Like, come on now. Like, <laughs> I said I was trying to keep you from going on the rant because I know how you feel about it, but there like, it is. Like, like, is the rest of the NFL just stupid? Like, oh, we're going to take um the D2 kid over here. You're right. Uh, there's a bunch of SEC dudes right there. You're just going to let them all fall to Philly. You mean the Chicago Bears draft strategy? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Oh, we should take this guy from... Say, no, it's exactly, what we, it's exactly what we do every fucking year. We try to outthink ourselves. So instead of the guy from the all-fucking-rookie-class Alabama linebacker, five-star, whatever he is, no, we're going to go to Southern New Hampshire University's, you know, second punter in the fifth University round. of Phoenix graduate. Literally, right. <laughs> fucking DeVry University's wide receiver four in the second round because he had a really good speed on his game tape. In front of twenty fans, that's who we're gonna go yeah. for. And no, that's look, that's what happened with uh, is is not the Eagles, but he's on the Eagles now. Uh, surprisingly enough, AJ Brown. Oh, see, there you go. Like, he went in the second round. He went to Ole Miss and SEC yep. school. Yep. And guess who got drafted ahead of him? I'll just name you one guy, Jalen Rager. Oh. <laughs> Ouch! 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 Yeah. That's. That's pretty painful. That's pretty painful. Yeah. But AJ's yeah. thriving in Philly now because everybody thrives in Philly. So especially if they went to win SEC school and they end up in oh, Philly. Just, like what'd you call them? The fucking SEC All Stars? Like just Yeah, the fucking oh. SEC All Stars and shit. The Philadelphia SEC All Stars. That's the full fucking name. There's nothing eagle yeah. about it. Y'all just needed some kind of mascot. Or you the can't SEC really do a mascot. Eagles. SEC Eagles? I like that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because that's yeah, all SEC the fuck Eagles. you guys are. Yeah. God, save some for the rest of us, man. This is bullshit. Sick of this shit. He looks all hey, We got Iowa some. Boys. I can't complain. We got some Alabama boys. I can't. You complain. do. You're fine. You're doing all right. <laughs> but yes, some some of our teams like to just wing it in the draft and say fuck the draft board and let's just dart throw this guy and hope for the best. And then when it works out, we can go. Hey, we told you so. And everybody goes, No, you didn't. You just got you know lucky. School, <laughs> you know a school Chicago loves for some reason. Mm. Penn State. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's fucking accurate. I don't get that shit either. Like Penn State. I think Brisker went there. Yes, yes he there. did. Yep. Wow, yeah. you're right. Yeah. 
man, well, we're about to be Ohio State fans if we get Marvin Harrison Jr. after getting well, Justin Fields. Justin Fields, yeah. I mean, or Ohio State, a, yay. Or you might be a USC fan if you get Caleb Williams. That could be. Oh, boy. that We'll save that conversation for another episode because this whole Caleb Williams thing is becoming quite dramatic. Dramatic. <laughs> and we're going to need a whole other segment for that shit. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In other news. Because we want to keep on the thankful train. We keep talking about being thankful and just thinking about this year and things in our life that mean a lot to us and things that we love. One other thing that I know we love that you love hearing and watching clips about is the NBA. Well, the bank bros are very thankful for the NBA and the fact that it's back in our lives, it's back in our TVs, in the middle of this crazy in-season tournament that everyone's either Loving or hating for some fucking reason, which we talked about before, like, it's basketball. It's something different. Just enjoy it. What the fuck? You're in a renaissance of basketball right now. But this man and I were talking about two specific players and how we look at their careers and go, damn, talk about being thankful. We are very thankful for the longevity of a couple of players. And one, he'll probably talk way more about than I will for good reason. And the other, we both are mega fans of, but I'll start with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. LeBron James. Oh, oh. LeBron, LeBron James. And I know I oh, give LeBron a lot of fucking flack. I give him a lot of flack on this show because as you know, or if you didn't know, now you'll know, I am a bit older. I grew up in the Jordan era. So this whole GOAT conversation in my book begins and ends with Jordan. We had a GOAT conversation on episode two of this show weeks and weeks and months and months ago. And, you know, you go, you know where I stand when it comes to LeBron and MJ. But the thing about that is I've never hated LeBron. I've always respected the man's career. I'm not blind. I know the man is a unicorn in this fucking league. So let's just kind of talk about his career a little bit. Because for those of you living under a rock, I haven't said that in a few weeks. which is great. Uh-huh. LeBron James has had a storied career that he's on the tail end of it. We don't know when he's going to be done. But he's going into his 21st season. And if you don't know about that shit, there have only been six players to hit their 21st season. It's not many. The air is very thin up there in 21 years. So, Mm. my God, LeBron was a rookie of the year, four-time MVP, four-time finals MVP, four-time champion, and he just became the first player to hit 39,000 points. So, by all intents and purposes, yeah, I understand the GOAT conversation. It's not like I'm going to continue to embrace it, but the man is still playing, and he's still playing at a high level. That's the crazy shit about it. He's turning 39, I believe, next month, actually, and he's still playing this fucking crazy. Jesus Christ. You never see that. And on top of that, this man and I talked about the upcoming Olympics in Paris and how LeBron is already on the phone recruiting. LeBron is still determined to bring gold back to America. At 39, that's bonkers. Nobody does that. I think the only man, if I'm not mistaken, you would be able to tell me more than anything else, the only one to hit season 22 is Vince Carter. I think that's it. And LeBron looks like he can play well past that. I know he can't. And like you said, Father Time's a bitch. Father Time is the only undefeated player out there. Just from what we've seen with LeBron, season 22, absolutely doable. Season 23, Pretty plausible yeah. if he if he plays his card if he plays his cards right. If he yeah. stays healthy, shit, you know? And the other side of that is the man can still win a championship at a at any given notice. 
that's the part I think that makes me kind of take a step back and just go, wow. If you have a LeBron James-led basketball team, you're instantly considered a title contender. It just comes to the territory. Even if the team around him isn't the greatest, that's I, I think it speaks volumes that like his aura, his vibe, his energy, his skill set makes a team into a title contender. You can't say that about a lot of these active players right now, where you can go, you move this one guy, oh, they're a title contender. Like, all around one person. So... It's really about as far as his body is going to let him go. And you can say what you want about his son joining the league and what he wants to hold out for. But at the end of the day, you know, injuries are starting to catch up, but it hasn't taken him out yet. He's still a very special fucking player. When it's all said and done, I still don't think he's the GOAT. But I am a old biased man. I can understand the generations of fans who are going to look to LeBron as the be-all, end-all. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I just don't agree, but that's not the conversation they're having right now. The conversation is, I am thankful that we've had LeBron for 21 years now making a whole new generation of fans. That's pretty fucking spectacular, and it's going to be hard to see a lot of other dudes hit the numbers and the longevity that LeBron James has had in this league. It's pretty unprecedented. What do you think, sir? You were all nice and polite and shit. I was trying to be. I'm usually mean about it. No, see, uh, I'm going to come with a different type of energy when it comes to that. See, normally <laughs> when we talk about LeBron James, we talk about his finals losses. Mm. We talk about his Mavs meltdown. Mm. And we talk about his move to Miami. Mm. And it. we use all of those things to tarnish his resume. <laughs> right? That's true. But we are so slow to give him the flowers for all the things that he's done and the things that he's accomplished. Mm. Now, let, let me re I actually did some research before this, right? For the first time. So I got some numbers for you today, CJ. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Check this out. <laughs> so, so LeBron in year, what? 20, 21, year 20? 20, 21, yeah. Uh, he's averaging 25.7 points a game, eight rebounds, six assists. Now, look, okay, he's shooting... 58.7% from the field and 41% from three. Both of those are career best. How is he still getting better at some aspect of the game in year 20? He's 38 years old. He is tired. All right. He's got miles on his body. All right. He's been carrying the old diesel truck. He's been driving this boy for so long. He, he need an oil change. All right. <laughs> but he's still giving oh. efficient mileage by the numbers mm. so how is he still getting better and you know what let me let me put this into perspective for some people all right mm. now that's year 20 at age 38 for lebron all right let's check and see where other nba legends were at age 38 or in season 20 uh mj at age 38 played for the wizards where he averaged 22 points a game shot 41 percent from the field and 19 percent from three that's MJ. That's as good as you're going to get because Magic Johnson, retired. Larry Bird, <laughs> retired. What I'm saying to you people is we got to appreciate LeBron James for what he is right now because there's going to be a time where he's going to be retired and then you're going to appreciate him for what he is because mm. social media has ruined everything, right? Has ruined how we look at everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, People run with the narrative like, oh, um, LeBron's not clutch, right? Because 
you know, people on ESPN and the larger airwaves, they 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 put that narrative out there and people actually <laughs> believe that. But if you look right. at it by the numbers, LeBron James is more efficient in crunch time than Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Mm. Just saying. That's all I'm saying. And I rest my case about LeBron James. That man, <laughs> arguably the best player of all time. He, I don't think he's the best player of all time. Um, but he's arguably one of the greatest of all time. I'll give you that. Definitely deserves to be in the conversation between one, two, and three. And I'll do you one better. Mm. He is no worse than three. There is no two players better than LeBron James. Mm. Mm. I'll give you that. Top. I'm not three. throwing names out there, but no, no. Yep. But top three. And again. If you really want to analyze it, go watch episode two. Go listen to episode two. We did a whole fucking almost two hours about yeah. the three that we're talking about here. But this is just a thankful conversation, not yes. the goat talk. That's what we talk about. Yes. <laughs> but there's now, another guy. Yes. There's go ahead and talk about the other guy. The other guy. See, th- this guy, he's tall. He's skinny, right? He, you know what I'm saying? He, mm. He's averaging 31.4 points a game. Mm. Seven rebounds. 5.7 assists. He's shooting 53% from the field. And from three, he's shooting 50.8%, which mm. is a career best for him. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, I know who you're talking about. I'm talking about Kevin Durant, for those who've been living under a rock. Oh, and- two times. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yes! And those, and those 31 points a game that he's averaging, that's the most since his MVP season. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you know what? He's in year 17. He's 35 years old. KD and LeBron have been two of the most consistent all-time great players to withstand the test of time Mm. because they have traveled through eras and their game has gotten better, more efficient. Yes. There has been evolution to their games. Like, let me let me put this shit in perspective. You, you, the big three that I named earlier, let, I'm going to read off some stats for you. At, yeah. age, right? At age 35, Michael Jordan was retired. <clears throat> he went to go play baseball. Some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. He retired after the second three-peat. Magic Johnson, he uh, was retired too. And Larry Bird averaged 20 points and played uh, 45 games. That's putting that shit into perspective. <laughs> and why do I bring those three up? Because those three are always the the top of the line, right? The Magic, Bird, and Jordan. They're always looked at as one, two, and three on the Mount Rushmore, right? And my argument to that is, no, I think you got to kick off two of those guys. I think you got to kick off Magic Johnson, and I think you got to kick off Larry Bird because Kevin Durant and LeBron James have been doing it better for long. Mm. That's mm. just my opinion. Now, I'm not here to shake up a debate between the old school and the new school. I'm not saying Oh, that. God. Stirring I'm it up saying, again. <laughs> I'm just saying numbers don't lie. And the ones that KD and LeBron have been putting up over the years, it's hard to put them behind anybody in their respective positions. Mm, 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 mm. You're absolutely right. Kevin Durant is still my favorite player in the league. I don't care what team he's on. I'm always rooting for Kevin Durant to win. And again, like this man said, he's been doing it for quite a long time himself. He was rookie of the year, too, just like LeBron was. 13-time All-Star. He was an MVP, two times final MVP. Double, you know, two times champion going into his 17th season. I mean, he 16 if you don't count the Achilles injury, he was out for a year, but you know, 35 years old, and he's starting to creep up on that list of long tenured players like, like Kareem and like Shaq were, you know, like 19, 20 years, you know, in the league and just like LeBron, 
like LeBron is, you know? So he's yeah. getting to that level now where he's up there with very rarefied air, with rare talent. And Durant, again, is another case where you kind of go, he look when he's healthy, he looks like he can play another five, six, seven years. Like, the man even still longer. does. Even because longer. his style of play, like, he doesn't need athleticism because he could just no. shoot over people exactly. with ease. <laughs> and he can do that for as long as he wants to do that. You right. know what I'm saying? He's still going to be seven feet. Uh, what are you going to do when he turns around? You know he's going to turn around and shoot it, but you right. can't bother his shot. So Can't stop him. He can do that forever. Unstoppable player. So, yes. Oh, fun fact for you. Kevin Durant and Jeff Green are the only active NBA players who played for the Seattle Supersonics. Yes. And for those who didn't know, that's not even a team anymore. <laughs> yes. Well, Russell like, Westbrook kind of did too. Kind of did. But, I mean, Kevin Durant was, like, on the fucking team. Like, yeah. This yeah. was, you know, Kevin Durant's been doing this. And it doesn't, because he just, the way he carries himself is mature, but he doesn't carry himself old if that makes sense so i don't think people realize how long durant's actually been around like yeah you know saying we talk about lebron in 21 years 17 isn't that much further behind so durant mm-hmm. has been here he's been on championship teams he's been a stat god when he was on the thunder with westbrook and harden that was like my favorite fucking trio in this yeah. new age nba and i'm still to today to this very day it is still one of the biggest shockers that those three did not win a ring together. Now they were, they were young and hungry ballers, but like no, they the didn't have enough them, time together. Exactly, it was yeah. a short-lived trio. But like, man, they—I don't think anyone knew quite what they had talent-wise together, and they no. just didn't get enough time to a few more years in the oven for that fucking trio. Woo! Because they were <clears throat> Kevin Durant was what like twenty-three. Yeah, so they were like 23, 21, 20, somewhere around there. Yeah, kids, man, kids. They were kids. So, it you was know? Kendrick Perkins, his old ass, was saying that shit was like college. <laughs> like he would come in there and it would just be a bunch of kids just scrimmaging, right? <laughs> just, you know, running off the court and shit. So like they were they were in the finals against LeBron and D Wade. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. That could have been a series for the next how many years? Right. Oh man, big spotlight. So it would have like, been it would have been like the Thunder versus the Spurs in the in the West. Yep. And then it would have been like LeBron and the Heat versus what Paul George and the Paul Pacers George. in the East. Yeah. Uh, for years, oh, that would have been crazy. That old school, new school mentality would have been just saturated oh, all man. over that fucking play. Oh man. So yes, would have it's a one whole of, different league today. Absolutely, I think so. It's one of the yeah. biggest bummers I've ever seen. Where I'm like, how do we not get more years of those three together? But it is what it is. It's a business. NBA moves people around, and you got to go where you got to go. Kevin Durant in Phoenix looking for his third championship. I'm still rooting for this man. I still think he's definitely got one more ring in him, if not a couple more. Just if he, again, Phoenix, all they got to do is get out of their own way and they can march to a fucking championship. Just don't yeah. fuck it up. That's all you got to do. With the way Kevin Durant has been playing and the way he's been shooting, um, like the shots that he takes, oh my God, for him to be shooting this efficiently is not Unbelievable. fair. It's he not doesn't fair. shoot just basic catch-and-shoot shots. No. He's no. hezzy pulling. People are in his face. He's turning around. Right. Pull-up threes from yonder. Like, yo. <laughs> yonder. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fucking accurate, though. He's yeah. so creative. And that's why I'm a, such a big fan. He's so fucking creative. The variety and I like of shots. The variety. And I like what you said before. Him and LeBron, they've adapted 
The game changes, even in slight ways. Durant is a master of adaptability. He has changed his game ever so slightly to yeah. make it work for the teams he's on. He plays his role very well. He knows his strengths. The teams know his strength. It's all success. It's all success for him. So, yeah, talk about his fucking averages. The man's career average over a thousand games is twenty-seven point three points, seven point one rebounds, four point three assists. The guy's a game changer. Like, put that on any team, they're gonna be contending for a fucking championship or at least a deep playoff run. So, like, yeah. Kevin Durant is a special fucking player. When he finally rides up to the sunset of his career, like this man said, don't be surprised if he's in that top three go conversation. It is what it is. Yeah. The man is, is a wizard. With Durant, like he he's not done yet. And he's no. not he's not really close either. LeBron, we know he's close to being done. Yeah, he's almost there. Yeah, but Katie, he's got some years left in him. If he's putting up thirty one in year fifteen at thirty five. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. See yeah. he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah. He'll average uh seventeen when he's fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's bananas. I can't even I can't wrap my head around that shit. That that doesn't happen. Again, special players yeah. enjoy the renaissance. I keep calling it a renaissance because but NBA's been back for a while now when it comes to real fucking talent. But Durant is one of these leaders where you just kind of go, God, you see something new every time he fucking plays. So yeah. shit, man. Salute to both. Curry. We really didn't. Which so that's a whole other fucking yeah. thing. But like yeah. this these two guys on themselves are special enough. There's a whole load of talent out there that we could be thankful for and break down their numbers, and maybe one day we will. But, you know, Kevin Durant and LeBron James, I think, are just at a pinnacle of the sport right now. And they, like you said, flowers, man. They do deserve their yeah. flowers. Whether they're on the tail end of their career like LeBron or still got some gas in the tank like KD, give them their flowers while you're watching them play because you will miss them when they're gone. There's a great generation of new talent coming up, but enjoy the superstars while you have them. It's not always like that. I fell off of the NBA because there was a, a time when the superstars really weren't superstars. You got to watch a, a bunch of average play from average teams. Yeah, now, like we had like Paul Pierce. Like, come on, man. All right. Like, that was like the best you got. <laughs> like, come like, on. Okay. Paul Pierce is nice, but come on, man. Paul like, Pierce compared to Jason Tatum. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, it's, it's apples and oranges, man. So, yeah. yes, enjoy your superstars. Now, oh, what man. I will say is I got to fucking stuff this turkey. Not a euphemism. So why don't you give some last words for your fans? Well, he's got to go stuff that turkey. I got to go stuff some, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some honey I buns. Said, <laughs> <laughs> honey buns. But not a euphemism. I literally have to stuff a turkey. <laughs> honey buns. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how I'm ending it tonight. I like it. Honey buns. That's great. Honey buns. Yeah. <laughs> Also an underrated little Debbie snack from back in the day. So I'm saying, like, mm. that got me that got me through a lot of those school bus rides. That honey bun the package. Oh, Boom. yeah. I Done used to deal. watch at the corner store, two for a dollar. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, 50 cents, man. That was it. That's all you needed. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all you needed. Yes. Um, my last words, fucking just, en- I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving again, because for us, it's tomorrow. For you, it already passed by. But just. Make sure you're thankful. Make sure you're telling the people in your life and you're thankful that they're in your life. Be thankful for the air you breathe. And I know it sounds cheesy and dramatic, but it's just like, it's it's such a go, 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 social media heavy world. And like this man said, there's so much bullshit happening in other parts of the country. I can't even imagine the shit they're going through. We, you know, COVID was 
not even a distant memory is rearing his fucking ugly head again. So just thankfulness goes a long way. Be mindful of the world you live in and the people that you put in your lives. Just be thankful and be thankful that you can listen to us on Saturday mornings, 7 a.m. Because you know where to find us, right? It's the Bank Bro Show. That's at gmail.com. That's on Facebook and that's YouTube. And we are at Bank Bro Show on Instagram. So we are thankful that you are listening to us and giving us your love and attention. Or you have us on in the background while you're doing some nasty shit like stuffing a turkey or stuffing some honey buns. So or whatever it takes. Bad bitch. <laughs> you almost went the whole episode without saying bad bitch. You almost made it. <laughs> but I'm thankful almost, that you didn't make it. <laughs> almost. Almost made it. Almost. almost made it. That was a very weird episode. Like, you didn't say bad bitch one time. Wow. I was about wow. to touch the light and I turned around and ran right back. <laughs> <laughs> I am thankful for you for that aspect. Thank you, sir. That that brings a lot of joy to my life. <laughs> namaste, my boy. Namaste. namaste. For the rest of y'all, namaste any longer than I need to. Huh? That's a pun. Uh-huh. But until next time, you know where to find us. Bank Bros are in your city. We are always here for you. You can bank on it. Go get you some turkey. Get that leftover turkey. Gobble, gobble. My friends, enjoy. We'll see you next week. Got, got. One, two, three. Got, got.